3: And now, and now back to Hale
2: Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hale Varsity. Presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, Brady Altman's with us. Who's on the horn? We have got John on the line. John, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, I uh, figured out where you're at. I got a, close to sixty friends of mine that listen to you that are in my stage of life, and I finally called and talked to your boss for a while, and she sort of told me where where you guys were and I told her where you were very fortunate to still have you I said I start in the morning at 6 and then I explain the shows that I listen to so it's pretty much there except for uh G- Jim Rome Yeah Jim Rome, we're uh, we're over on Rome. on 10 uh, <laughs> we we're staying on 1015 but uh, AM <clears throat> wise we're we're 12:40 John you you going to Maryland this weekend uh, to see Nebraska well, no, I'm not, but I guess the question I'm asking, I'm really encouraged uh, about how we're playing, and I hope whatever turns out that we're going to uh, be keeping the coach. I think with all the diversities, uh, he's done a really good job this year. Yeah, John, thanks for the phone call, Bud. Thanks for sticking with us. Appreciate you, and I don't think Fred's a question anymore. <laughs> Three, shouldn't, three shouldn't
1: weeks ago be. it was. The, the fan sentiment has definitely flipped with how this Husker basketball team has played over the past couple weeks because yeah. they play in a way that it's kind of the, the same, the, the the laundry list of things we wanted with the Husker football team, a, 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 a team that plays in a way that'll make the state of Nebraska proud mm-hmm. with effort, intensity. You know what? Even if the, car, the odds are stacked against you, you're still going to continue to play hard. That's what this Husker basketball team has shown over the past couple weeks, and I think Fred and, and this team has been able to win a whole bunch of fans back over the past couple weeks by playing in that way.
2: Yeah, he's done it. We say out of Brady Altman's Brady. I to take a phone call there, my man. Thanks for hanging tight with us. We're streaming Brady live. Can watch our interviews, of course, with Hale Varsity, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle. Uh, Brady, let's uh, talk about uh, old Roll Tide uh, sending some love to Carter Nelson of Ainsworth. The stud-tied end uh, has had Notre Dame, has had the SEC programs, has had Nebraska in on him uh, over two staffs. And now uh, Saint Nick uh, sending his regards. I guess we shouldn't be surprised about Carter.
3: No, and I uh, right afterwards obviously I I texted um, uh, Ainsworth coach Jesse Owen and I just kind of congratulated him. You know, said well now Nick Saban has watched some eight man football in Nebraska. You, you know, <laughs> I you, love it. There's no there's no such thing as a hidden gem anymore. Um, but it's. I, I haven't really heard this anywhere else and I think it's definitely worth noting um, new Alabama offensive coordinator Tommy Reese was at North, Notre Dame and Tommy and, um, and Marcus Freeman flew to Ainsworth to recruit Carter uh, in the open recruiting period. Um, so I think that, that there might be a little crossover there. Because I think he might have been on Alabama's radar before, and I can't confirm it because I can't talk to Nick or Tommy about it. We'll work on
2: that. that. Dolman can get a hold of Springsteen and Saban for
3: you, all right? <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, uh, <laughs> Johnny99 for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think that there's definitely some crossover there, and I think that's kind of why they uh, Alabama ultimately offered Carter a little bit of that Tommy Reese kind of crossover from Notre Dame.
2: Well, that's uh, that raises. I mean, it it shouldn't because it's been borderless here, specifically the last five years, where there's been a lot of squads. Oklahoma, Auburn, Iowa has been pretty consistent in Nebraska. Iowa State had a couple of really good gets this last recruiting cycle, but now you're seeing you are seeing some rural studs get noticed uh, and uh, noticed by. You know, the, arguably the, the the greatest in this generation, and that's Nick Saban. But, what what real quick what what's your what's your take on 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 Carter and just his the recruiting process right now? What's the what's the word with uh, his interest with Nebraska, and then also that that allure of some other programs right now.
3: Well, he's certainly got a lot of schools after him uh, i think he's he's kind of just taking this uh one step at a time i don't think from talking with him and um and everybody over at ainsworth he doesn't really have a timetable set right now he'll probably shop around some schools um i haven't heard if he wants to make a decision or a commitment going in before his senior year like a lot of people like to do before that season gets going but uh, he's He's got enough schools around him. I think that it's good, definitely going to make his recruitment interesting, but obviously Nebraska's coaching staff has made sure that he is a priority for them, and I think that there's always something to be said in that uh, in their recruitment of him in, to keep him in state.
1: Brady, one of the things we talked about yesterday on the show was the fact that Nebraska's had a, a real battle to go get whoever the top player is going to be in the state for the past four or five seasons, just with Malachi Coleman, Carter Nelson. Uh, you look back to, to last year where uh, you have Uh, the kid out of Omaha, uh, Jackson, the linebacker, Devin Jackson. You have uh, Avante Dickerson. If you put Thomas Fedoni in there as being a council bluffs kid, that's another kid that counts for that. It just really feels like whoever the number one recruit in the state is going to be in any given year, the who's who of college football is coming to Nebraska to recruit. It's a big departure from what, what a lot of Nebraskans are used to.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's different with like the the metro areas and stuff. You're always going to get eyes on Lincoln and Omaha. I think if you're a good ball player there, it kind of pops out. And I know from talking with um, with the guys over in Ainsworth, they were curious if they were going to get the big time college eyes on him in Ainsworth. I mean, Valentine's really the only the closest big time school there, and even at Valentine's, not a huge classification. So they they really were really curious if they were even going to get the, the same looks that everybody else was getting. Now, obviously, with all the camps and everything you can go to that in film, it bridges the gap a little bit and cream rises to the top. So I think even with even with all of like Malachi last year and was a good get for the rural coaching staff, I think Carter is going to be a real big test of, you know, they're coming in the first big recruiting cycle. You've got to lock down one of the most athletic tight ends in a position that um, – I think Marcus Satterfield likes to use, but Matt Rule hasn't really used as much historically. You got to kind of, you got to you got to keep an athlete of that caliber in state if you can.
1: Is tight end a a position of need though, Brady, for Nebraska? Where if if Nebraska were to lose out on Nelson to say. Bama or Notre Dame or whoever is coming to town recruiting Is that a big loss just considering what Nebraska has in the the, the tight end room now or or do you keep coming back to the fact that you need to show these other schools that you're going to lock down your in-state borders uh, as the new staff coming into Nebraska?
3: Uh, i wouldn't I wouldn't classify it so much as a position of need, although I think that they would like a young incoming freshman tight end. I think a lot of it is is that this rule coaching staff is really they're really adamant about moving moving players to different positions to where they fit best. They want to recruit athletes speed, size, skill wherever they can. Uh, even looking at uh, the spring roster and positional breakdowns, there's really no. There's really no handcuffing guys to certain positions. I mean, if a good athlete fits in at a different position that they can work him in at and be a little bit better fit his skill sets better, they're going to do that. So um, you you want to recruit the athlete above all else, and I think that um, Rule and uh, Tony White on defense has kind of said have both kind of said that. So if you want to if you can recruit athletes over position players, you want to do that and then kind of see where they fit in best in your system.
2: Brady Altman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. And, uh, of course, read him with HailVarsity.com and magazine. Uh, tight ends uh, an interesting position that, that we focused in on. Brady, you look at some of the numbers and projected bodies. Uh, tell me a little bit here about the the wide receiver room. Uh, and, and, you know, we talk about... Alante Brown being a, a departure here you've got Billy Kemp that's maybe your new pace car so to speak I, I want your thoughts on on moving forward how that receiver room could shake out and um, what what some of your prospects or interest level is here who are some guys you're watching moving into this spring session
3: well it's it's interesting because this is a it's a really crowded room and there's going to be a lot of they need some attrition to happen just by scholarship numbers to get down to that 85. And I think wide receiver room is, is an obvious candidate to lose a couple of numbers. Now with Alante, from what I've heard, he's, he, he's not out of the fold entirely. I think that that could be a situation where if he wanted to come back, I think this coaching staff might, might welcome him back in. But I also think that he, he wasn't a shoe in candidate for big production. Uh, you mentioned Billy Kemp. He he could be a pace car, but they've spoken very highly of him being a return guy. Mm-hmm. That explosive kind of uh, return return man. I'd almost imagine at this point him with Tommy Hill because he's he's clocked in some big measurables that they've measured already this spring and during winter workouts. Um, the the ones that it might be a cop out, but the ones that I'm excited to see are like you know Malachi Coleman, um, incoming wide receivers. Where where do they rank in terms of? development because the rule coaching staff likes to develop. That's that's, you know, they've made their bread and butter on it versus um, the talent that's already at Nebraska. I mean, Matt rule has said before the previous coaching staff and Scott Frost did a good job of talent uh, noticing talent developing. It was kind of where they, they faltered in recent years. So I'd like to see kind of where they're identifying talent that comes in. Where is that up against, you know, guys who have been in the system in the college game for a couple of years now.
2: Do you think Yes or no, do you think Nebraska is a tough football team physically mentally
3: i I think those guys who have been around for three years, I think you have to be tough mm-hmm. i mean you're you're playing on a team that hasn't made a bowl game in six years, and you're for the large parts of an entire state, people look up to you and you haven't fit their expectations, you know whether deservedly or not you you're the butt of national jokes after you lose to Georgia Southern and your coach is gone. A lot of these guys haven't had the same positional coach every single year that they've been at Nebraska. Well, they've had four. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it takes, it takes a little bit of callous, you know, to get to where you are now to still want to push it. And then when rule comes in with this new coaching staff and his winter workouts, they're pushing these guys kind of saying, this is going to be the new standard and it's going to take a lot of hard work. And if, if, you know, You've got you got to be prepared for it. We saw this morning with the winter workouts, you know, in the stadium and pushing sled. Like this is, you know, this is the standard now. And and if you're not tough, you're not going to last right now.
2: Elijah well, was out there doing snow angels in the north end zone. That's not true. All these poor I don't, I don't guys think it's contestable.
1: Just... That these guys are, are tougher than you and me. I think the question oh, is, is: Is are are they tougher than Michigan? Are, are they tougher than the, the who's who of the Big They're Ten? That tougher you're than, than Sparty
2: in the in the fourth quarter. Yeah that that's, that's that is the question cuz that's the result hasn't shown uh in, in the form of a win and and that's got to be demoralizing to him. Brady about uh 40 seconds here what's coming up from you what are you working on this weekend? I know the the previews have been uh, great. You've been doing a great job kind of tracking different position groups.
3: Yeah, just um keep plugging away on some of the positional breakdowns. We're doing a quick look in at all of those um going into the spring um and then kind of doing a little bit of seed work for some stories down the line, just kind of looking at what uh, what's going down the pike and how the, the spring game and spring season might end up looking like for Nebraska.
2: That'll be good. Brady Altman's. find him on Twitter at Brady Altman's. Read him with com and magazine. And he'll be tracking all things uh, Big Red this weekend and maybe get a picture of a corgi or two uh, in the winter weather. Brady, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for a few minutes, bud. Appreciate you guys. There he is. Good stuff from Brady. Quick time out. Pride of Chicago. VEASAN Sports Network. It's Danny Burke with some future basketball bets for the tourney.